0: Hello and welcome to Jonathan's Verdicts. I'm Jonathan Simeone. The title of this episode is Joe Biden is worse than Joe Rogan. The verdict for this episode is Joe Rogan says terrible things. Joe Biden destroys people's lives. As always, I don't edit these podcast episodes and I don't have a transcript. They are just a chance for me to talk about what's on my mind. I'm recording this episode early on the morning of Tuesday, March 17, 2020, less than 48 hours after the first one-on-one debate between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. The debate and the coverage of the debate have encouraged me to record this episode. You see, a few weeks ago, a month or so ago, there was a big story among the MSNBC crowd flaming Bernie Sanders for accepting Joe Rogan's endorsement. But here's the thing. I have never listened to Joe Rogan's podcast. I don't really know anything about Joe Rogan. I have read some absolutely offensive, disgraceful comments that he's made about the GLBT community, women. Uh, I've been told he's made some racist comments. I don't care about Joe Rogan. It's awful that people say the kinds of things he said. But at best, Joe Rogan could be called an influencer. At best. He has no political power, really. Um, And he certainly has no ability to influence laws. As you will see, Joe Biden, on the other hand, has spent decades destroying people's lives with his inhumane, wrong votes on a host of issues. And during the Sunday evening debate, Joe Biden lied about many of his votes. So in this episode, I'm going to discuss uh, Joe Biden's record as it relates to women. The GLBT community, the GLBTQ community, uh, people of color, working people—all of the groups that the Democratic establishment and MSNBC want you to believe Joe Biden cares about—as you will see, his record has actually been about destroying your lives. Let's start in the area of women, specifically the issue of pro-choice. During the debate, the issue of the Hyde Amendment came up. The Hyde Amendment is named for former Illinois Republican Congressman Henry Hyde and was first introduced in Congress in 1976. That's important because Biden was first elected to the Senate in 1973. Ostensibly, the Hyde Amendment prevents any federal funding to be spent on abortion. This means that federal uh, money through Medicaid cannot fund abortions for poor women who get their health insurance through Medicaid. It also means that in different through different time periods, federal employees couldn't get abortions covered through uh, their federal health insurance, although that coverage has not always been the same. But for our purposes, the crux of the Hyde Amendment denies women on Medicaid ...from getting abortions with Medicaid money. That's the key provision of the Hyde Amendment. Before enactment of the Hyde Amendment... ...roughly 300,000 women were getting abortions a year through Medicaid. And because of eligibility, all of them were poor... ...and because America is a racist, classist, and sexist society... Many of them were women of color. Those are just unfortunate realities. And in its original form, there was no exception uh, under the Hyde Amendment, even in cases of rape and incest. And that's the bill Biden regularly, routinely supported. So when people talk about Biden's, he's going to choose a vice president who's a woman. He's going to put a black woman on the Supreme Court. That would be great. But look at all of the lives, all of the women who Joe Biden actively worked to deny the right to choose the millions of women since 1977 when the Hyde Amendment took effect, who Joe Biden sought to control their bodies because they were poor and majority probably people, women of color. Joe Biden thought that they didn't have the same rights that middle and upper class women should have that's what really matters it's not putting a black woman on the supreme court or choosing a black woman as or choosing a woman as vice president when joe biden had the opportunity to stand up for all women he chose not to over and over and over again Now, during the debate, he tried to say, well, everyone voted for it at one point or another because it was attached to different, you know, omnibus bills, which is a package of bills thrown together. That may be true, but not everyone went out and spoke in favor of it, as Biden did. And there are clips of this on YouTube. You can go look, listen to them. Uh, Not everyone was a champion of the Hyde Amendment, as Joe Biden was. And here's the final word on this topic. Also during the debate, the issue of record on pro-choice voting as scored by NARAL came up. And Joe Biden tried to say that he had a 100% record with NARAL during the debate, when pressed on it by Sanders, he said, well, maybe I didn't, you know, a few years ago. Elise Hoag is the president of NARAL right now. And she put out a statement, uh, I saw it on Twitter, talking about the records that Biden and Sanders have. And she said, that Bernie Sanders has a 100% lifetime record of supporting a woman's right to choose. Joe Biden, on the other hand, does not. So that's that's the most important thing. Uh, Joe Biden, <laughs> amazingly, in 2020, the standard bearer for the Democratic establishment, is not a 100% pro-choice person. Historically, he has sought to control the lives of millions of women simply because they are poor. That's the reality of it. As late as 2019, Biden reiterated his support for the Hyde Amendment and only when (laughs) told in no uncertain terms he couldn't be the nominee if he continued that course of action Did he change his mind? That's just a matter of fact. Now let's move on to the Defense of Marriage Act, or DOMA, which came up during the debate as well. The Defense of Marriage Act passed Congress in 1996 and was signed into law by the horrifically overrated Bill Clinton. And The Defense of Marriage Act didn't simply just describe marriage as being between a man and a woman. It wasn't just one of those Congressional sense-of-Congress resolutions where they make a political point. It was a civil rights legislation. Specifically, though, it was a denial of civil rights legislation. Now, I don't want to get too far into the weeds here, but Section 3 of DOMA was the focal point of the 2013 Supreme Court case, the Windsor case, where the Supreme Court found Section 3 unconstitutional. Why? Because Section 3 of DOMA denied same-sex couples critical rights like the ability to file taxes jointly, the ability to collect on insurance uh, through the government when the government is your employer, bankruptcy, the ability to file bankruptcy together, immigration provisions, all kinds of ways, in all kinds of ways, Section 3 of the Defense of Marriage Act, which, I mean, what a disgraceful name, but Section 3 denied people civil rights, denied people equality, simply because they loved a same-sex person. Uh, in 2015, the hodges fell case declared the Defense of Marriage Act prohibition on uh, Federal recognition of same-sex marriage unconstitutional. Effectively allowing same-sex marriage throughout the United States. Now, what this means is that by voting for the Defense of Marriage Act, as Joe Biden did, he was not only saying marriage uh, should be you know, the purview of heterosexual couples, but he was all also voting to deny same-sex couples' rights because they love a person of the same sex. And Bernie Sanders voted against the Defense of Marriage Act. Again, that's just a fact. In 2008, during... The presidential campaign and there again are clips of this you can go to youtube uh, joe biden continued saying that marriage should be between a man and a woman so joe biden literally actively worked to deny same-sex couples equality that's just a fact the Democratic Establishment Standard Bearer in 2020 actively took steps to deny same-sex couples full equal treatment under the law. Again, just a fact. Let's go to Social Security, which was another hot-button topic during the debate. Uh And again, even Bernie Sanders said this during the debate. Go to YouTube. The clips are there. Joe Biden in 1984 and 1995, and again, while he was vice president, promoted the idea of freezing Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, veterans benefits. In fact, In the most infamous clip, which is on YouTube, Biden screams about how he went to cut these or to freeze these programs four times. He meant we should consider everything, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, veterans' benefits. But here's the thing. During the debate, Biden tried to say he wasn't advocating for cuts to these programs. He was freezing the benefits. Now that is a sleazy, slimy, dishonest response. And the reason why is very simple. And it's common sense. Uh, if Joe Biden's amendments had gotten, had won the day, and all of those government programs that are life-sustaining for millions of of elderly people and people with disabilities uh, were were frozen, their effective purchasing power would have been cut. Now, what does all that mean? Many people know that on an annual basis, social security benefits typically go up through the COLA or cost of living adjustment. The purpose of this is to try and keep the check in pace with annual rises in inflation. So that while the cost of housing, medication, food, and you know basically everything in society goes up, your check goes up a little bit as well to help insulate you from the constantly rising prices. But when you freeze the value of the check, as Joe Biden wanted to do over and over and over again when you freeze the check but you can't freeze the increase in food prices in housing prices and medication prices you are giving the recipient of the of the benefit less actual money to purchase things with because they need more of their money to purchase groceries, food, medicine, and everything else. So, from a technical standpoint, Joe Biden can argue he wasn't actually cutting anyone's benefits. But in the real world, where people have to buy groceries and pay rent, pay mortgages, pay for medicines, in the real world, Joe Biden sought repeatedly For decades, to cut people's actual purchasing power, to reduce the value of their limited benefit checks, not only was he not actively trying to lift people living on Social Security out of poverty, he was actively promoting policies that would have made their situations worse. That would have made their poverty worse. Just a fact. We had a big discussion about Iraq. And honestly, I think everyone gets this one. I'm tired of discussing Iraq. Joe Biden was fundamentally wrong on Iraq. And Bernie Sanders voted against the Iraq war. Again, just a fact. But what really galled me about the foreign policy part of the debate is this idea that you can't say anything nice about the Cuban government teaching people how to read, the Chinese government lifting people out of poverty. Uh, No one, (laughs) you know, that I know in thinks the dictatorships of the Chinese government or the Cuban government are good. Bernie Sanders has said that repeatedly. But this idea that the Chinese government has lifted millions of people out of poverty is not a bad thing. We should all support the idea that more people have an opportunity to eat. This idea that the Cuban government you know should never be credited for teaching people how to read and write is absurd. And we see this in real world terms today. The Iranian government has a horrific problem dealing with the coronavirus right now. It's also suffering through crippling international sanctions led by the United States. The Iranian government asked to have some of the sanctions lifted so that it could buy more ventilators and things to help deal with the coronavirus epidemic. So far, the international community is refusing. Now that is immoral. That is straight up, flat out immoral. Now, during the debate, this idea came up that Bernie Sanders voted against sanctions. That on, on Russia. That is true, but only because the Russian sanctions were part of a bill that also sought to sanction Iran. And at the time, and again, there are congressional record Uh, and articles to to support this, Uh, Sanders said that uh, sanctioning Iran would cause serious international problems. And that's why he was voting against the bill. The only other person, by the way, to vote against the bill was Rand Paul. But here's the thing. Bernie Sanders was proven... To be correct, pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal and further sanctioning Iran has been an unmitigated disaster. And the continuation of those policies during a global pandemic is helping put all of us at risk. And again, Bernie Sanders would have supported a separate sanctions bill on Russia, but correctly could not support the sanctions on Iran. So again, we're talking about leadership. We're talking about being on the right side of issues. Now, Joe Biden has a lot of company being wrong, but the fact is he's wrong over and over and over again. Let's look at a few economic issues really quickly. The auto bailout. Joe Biden said Bernie Sanders voted against the auto bailout. He said that during the debate. That is another flat-out lie. It's just a lie. The story is this. There was a bill, a standalone bill on the auto bailout in which Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden both voted yes. Uh, So Bernie voted for the auto bailout. That bill, because it didn't do anything for Wall Street, didn't get through Congress. So later there was an effort to uh, use provisions from the TARP, the Wall Street bailout bill as we commonly know it, to use those, that bill as a way of getting money to the auto industry. And Bernie Sanders voted against that bill twice. Because it was a Wall Street bailout bill. Because it put no restrictions on Wall Street. Because it did basically nothing for the people who lost everything, who lost their homes who lost their life savings, who lost all the money they had paid into their mortgages before being foreclosed on. That's why he voted no, because voting no was the right thing to do. The bill did nothing for the public. Now, Biden says, well, you know, Wall Street paid it back. First of all, that's not entirely true. They paid most of it back. But here's the other piece. In 2009, the Dow Jones was worth about 8000 somewhere in, in around 8000 right? Today, even after the devastation of the coronavirus, the Dow Jones is worth more than 21000 A couple weeks ago, it was about 29000 So, Wall Street caught a monumental bailout. The value of stocks, even now, are up about two and a half times what they were in 2009, the value of the stock market. And all of these individuals got their lives destroyed because of Wall Street greed and fraud. And once again, Joe Biden was on the wrong side, the Wall Street side of the bill. Now, they discussed the bankruptcy bill. Uh, The bankruptcy bill, this was one of Elizabeth Warren's big issues. This brought Elizabeth Warren to prominence, really. Her opposition to this bill. Now, Biden wants you to believe, well, he embraces Elizabeth Warren's bill. And he says, I worked to make the bill better. That's why I voted for it. I worked to make the bill better. That's why I voted for it. The bankruptcy bill destroyed people's lives. The proper vote was to vote no, as Bernie Sanders did. And what's going to come out, <laughs> if nowhere else, by Donald Trump, is all the money Joe Biden got for over the years, from credit card companies and all kinds of other institutions who benefited from the bankruptcy bill and that while all the bill was going on Hunter Biden was an employee of one of the credit card companies <laughs> he really couldn't make the sleaze up right but now Biden says well now I'm going to I'm going to I support this plan ostensibly designed to undo most of the things I voted for in the bankruptcy bill. But the problem is, it's too late. Lives have already been, you know, maybe irretrievably destroyed because of Biden's accepting Wall Street money and doing Wall Street's bidding. So when Biden says... You know, as he tried to say during the debate, you know, you make it sound like I I take, you know, Wall Street's money and I do what they want. He does over and over and over again at the expense of the American people. So here's the thing. Biden says we need results. Uh, We need results. We don't need a revolution. But for those of us who want a society that's actually fair, or fairer, we can't have results without a revolution. Because corporate-sponsored politicians like Joe Biden will always side with the gravy train. They have always and will always side with their corporate masters. Now Biden will say, because he did, and is that you know we need to get through this virus and then look at the systemic change but here's the thing biden was vice president during and after the financial recession of 2008 and 2009 what steps did they take to fundamentally reform the system the answer is none. Instead, they agreed to austerity uh, deficit reduction plans that slowed the economy down and hurt regular people while Wall Street was soaring. Instead, they agreed to a plan, and uh, Biden negotiated it with Mitch McConnell. They agreed to a plan to cut the State or death tax to give rich people bigger transfer powers after death. That's what they did in the aftermath of the recession. And if you think that the corporate-sponsored Democrats are going to change the system after the coronavirus and its accompanying recession, you're not paying attention. Here's another example of this. We saw this just last week. The bill that supposedly is going to help people deal with the impact of the virus supposedly provides sick leave, except some estimates say 80% of workers don't qualify for the benefit. And the biggest carve-out under the bill Exempts employers of 500 or more. Those employers employ 54% of the workforce. And conveniently, many of them have donated to Joe Biden's campaign and or Super PAC. Many of the executives of those companies. So that's the thing. Joe Rogan says awful things. But Joe Biden destroys people's lives. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jonathan's Verdicts.